Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking about how giving away money will make you richer. Yeah, Joel, typically on the podcast, we talk about how to earn more money or how to save more money or how to invest more of our money. But on this episode, man, we're going to take the script and we're going to flip it a little bit. And we're going to talk about how to uh, lose your money to charity. <laughs> <laughs> Not lose your money, but how to give your money intentionally. And, and how, like you said, how it's actually going to make our lives richer. How It'll we're put you live. on the Forbes top 400 list or something, probably. <laughs> yeah, this one is all about the prosperity theory that we're going to introduce people to. <laughs> yeah, when we said, or not. When we said we'll make you richer, what we meant is it'll make your life richer. And there is certainly something to that, that the more you're able to give away, the more good you're able to see um, done with your money, it will enrich your life. And so, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about other things too, more practical things about giving money away, how to vet charities, stuff like that. And we'll get to all that in this episode. But, right. but before we get to that, Matt... Uh, I I lost a, a bet that we didn't actually have. It turns out I cracked and I bought a new phone. Well, you didn't actually crack your phone. You, no. you said you cracked, but you gave in. I cracked as a human being as a, under as pressure. A person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I agree. This is an unspoken kind of competition we had, but I think we both knew that it was going on <laughs> because and I think we both knew I was going to lose. <laughs> as soon as you said that, hey, I I actually bought a phone. I kind of. 
I sighed uh, some relief because I knew that like I didn't have to hang on to my piece of crap phone for, <laughs> for all that much longer. Well, I like the idea that we had kind of this competition. I think it's kind of like a healthy competition, it right? It makes me think of uh, setting like the little money challenges, right? Like you set these little challenges before yourself. It's like, okay, can I push it a little bit further? How can I, I stretch my dollar? Uh, and this is a way that I think you and I both spurred each other on a little bit to uh, resist buying the latest and greatest in my case, iPhone that's out there. In your case, uh, the Google phone. Didn't you yeah. buy, uh, did you get a, the new Google? Yeah, the Pixel 4a. Oh, uh, just like you talked about several months ago. Exactly. As soon as you mentioned that that phone, all <laughs> that episode, I was like, he's totally going to get that phone. Super affordable. It's got a lot of the great features that uh, that you're looking for. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it really did. It, it had everything I needed. And there were a couple things that my phone just started to deteriorate. I probably could have replaced the battery that would help to one of the issues um, that it just turned off four or five times a day, which actually didn't mind it wasn't that big of a deal but it was just kind of it was getting slow it was lagging but the biggest thing the reason i felt like i really actually had to replace it people couldn't hear me when i was <laughs> trying to have a conversation i'd call somebody and they'd be like huh what call back i'd have to call back with emily's phone it was just yeah you did it with my phone one time we were ordering <laughs> yes. we, we were together with the families and we we're gonna order some pizza uh, uh, let me let me borrow your phone and man. you're like dude they can't hear me I, I gotta i gotta call them back you're crummy all on your phone. piece of crap <laughs> <laughs> iphone se that's like three or four years old that's completely shattered so it was time but hey i can make crystal clear phone calls on you that can day. you can and i couldn't <laughs> i think my uh, one-year-old had microphone stuffed my phone in his mouth one too many times <laughs> And damage the the microphone, but yeah, I'm just I hate that I lost this battle, but you know what? It's okay, and I'm excited to have this phone. Hopefully, I can wear this one out and use it for three or four or five years. But it's solid, dude. I'm I'm already really impressed with it. It's a great phone. Nice. So you've already got it. You've already kind of logged in with your accounts, and it's all up and running, dude. It's a seamless transition. I remember yes. when you used to get a new phone, you have to go in the cell phone store, and it'd take them like an hour and a half to transfer all your contacts <laughs> and everything over. Basically, all you got to do is log in with your Gmail account into your new phone, and it auto populates everything like everything even yeah. the password for the wi-fi that you use at different locations so, so nice to be able to just to show up where you've always gone and yeah. be able to jump on that wi-fi it's man pr- pretty simple i so love it well you've, you've lost the battle like this specific battle but um you know in the end though I, i'm afraid that i'm gonna like lose the overall war because i'm still sticking <laughs> with iphone and i'm not a huge fan of like fancy phones right however well in particular because like up until now, fancy phones have just meant bigger. And I don't like big phones. Yeah. But now iPhone's got the uh, iPhone 12 mini, which is this shrunk down phone, or in my mind, slightly bigger than the phone I currently have. But I haven't really been excited about a new phone uh, until I've seen this one. But I'm also not wanting to spend like 700 bucks for a brand new uh, unlocked phone. Yeah, cut that in half, man. Get the one I got. <sighs> Dude, well, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to go to those lengths uh, <laughs> in order to save money. I would rather keep my phone for twice as long as you are and spend twice as much if, if, if I have to go that route, you know? Yeah. But that's just that's just me. I was actually looking on eBay at used iPhone SEs that are in like perfect shape. Uh, unlike, unlike mine, because I'm like, you know, if I can delay purchasing like a new new phone for maybe one more year, I don't know, maybe like the brand new ones will have a chance to kind of drop in price a little bit. Maybe at that point I can buy a used one from somebody. But I was surprised to see, man, there's some good looking SEs out there with no crack screen, with a, a battery health that's at above 90%. Uh, those are all good signs. I might actually go that route. There you go. All right. We'll see. Well, yeah, the cycle never ends of new phone <laughs> updates. And yeah, the longer you can hold off on yours, we encourage it. Yeah, just keep using those electronics replace a battery if you need to for me it was finally time um, but I, yeah i think i'll get a lot of good years out of this one i'll take care of it so yeah take care of your phones make them last longer is that what you said when you got your phone last time 
Well, I, I did, <laughs> and I did make it last a while, and it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a solid phone for what it was. You never dropped it, but avoid the uh, the baby mouth. I yeah, guess. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he's not getting a hold of this one. That's for sure. All right, Matt. Let's mention the beer we're having on the the show today. This one's called Party Cup by North Park Beer Company, and it's a lager. So looking forward to having this one on the show. My buddy Craig, who lives in California, sent uh, sent us a few beers, and yeah, we'll give our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. But for now, let's get on to the topic at hand. We're talking about giving your money away and how that'll make you richer. And, and Matt, I think uh, you know we have to start off by saying that you know you and I we both realize that not everyone is in the position to give away money right now. Right, we're in a tough economic spot uh, given the recession caused by the pandemic, but at the same time there's even more of a need right now because of the pandemic and the issues that it's caused. Uh, so we thought it was really important to talk about this, especially as we near the end of the year and giving becomes so much more of a conversation happening in our homes, partly for tax reasons, but also, you know, some people get year-end bonuses. And many charities are, are more visible at this time of year as well. Also, many nonprofits are having a really difficult time. Uh, I saw the numbers, the American Cancer Society reduced its budget by 30% overall and has had to make a lot of staffing cuts um, because of the pandemic and its effect on giving to that organization in particular. That's just one example. So many charitable organizations are feeling a budget crunch right now. And so while this topic is always an important one, it feels even more relevant and like we have to tackle it and discuss it today on the show. Yeah, and you know that helps to illustrate the the need that exists uh, that's out there, right? There's a demand for donations, but there's also another side of the equation too, right? The supply side, uh, those who have money to give, and you know one of the biggest issues if you are interested in you know in money and your personal finances is that it's really tempting to turn your focus 100% inward, right? You know, we may not even think to look to charities uh, and others who might have unmet needs. Um, or if we are aware of it, we, we might turn a deaf ear to them, right? Because we're so hardcore focused on our own money yeah, goals. Yeah, exactly. And you know, who has any extra money sitting around to give to others, right? Well, no, <laughs> that's not the type of life that we try to lead. You and I, we both give a percentage of our income away. And you know, we want to take this episode to challenge others to do something similar. Yeah, so let's talk about who should be giving their money away. Well, in short, Matt and I, we feel like everyone should at least consider giving away some of their money. It can be easy for us to fall into the trap of thinking that we'll give one day when we're all set up and we've got you know those at least initial financial ducks in a row. Right. Once I'm out of debt, or maybe once I get that first house. You know, like we we always have these goals. But the problem with goals is that there's always more goals, right? Yeah, the goalposts continue to move. Yeah. And it's really hard to ever prioritize giving if we don't prioritize it, even when we don't have very much. It's just easy to find yourself changing the definition of when you're going to be ready or able to give. So we would challenge you not to think of giving as only being for the super rich. It's it's really for all of us. And this also isn't an attempt uh, by us to guilt you into giving if it's something you're not already doing. Uh, but, but I think even if it's something that you haven't prioritized or that you haven't been interested in, maybe this episode will at least help you consider giving um, and making it more of a, a regular part of what you do with your personal finances. Yeah, and there are a few reasons uh, that you know we would recommend for folks to consider it. Of course, uh, there's the obvious that you'll be helping out a cause that is uh, hopefully maybe near and dear to your heart, uh, and, and we love that, right? We love the the ability for you to 
commit your money to something that you love. There are a myriad of organizations out there that solely depend on your donations, but you are also developing a more healthy relationship with your money overall. Uh, by giving away a portion of what you make, it creates this healthy detachment to the green stuff, uh, and it's such an important practice that helps to keep us on track. You know, it basically keeps us from becoming tightwads if we're only focused on like our own money and what we do with our money and and the ability to earn more of it, to save more of it, to invest more of it. We run the risk of turning into jerks and Scrooge McDucks, where where we're not looking to uh, yeah to the plights and to the needs of others. Yeah, man, I agree. I think a, a huge part of it is to see the good things that can be done with our money. But then the other side, too, is to have a healthy relationship with it ourselves, right? It is that healthy detachment that you mentioned that's so crucial because it's it's so easy to become completely focused on ourselves and our own financial lives. And I think we actually have a better relationship with our money when we're able to give a portion of it away. Uh, I read something recently, too, about the, the impact that uh, giving your money away can have. And it almost made me cry. It was so beautiful. But it made me want to be even more purposeful in how I give my money away. And so this article was documenting the life of Chadwick Boseman. Um, he's uh, an actor that recently passed away, um, obviously just in some really iconic films, including including Black Panther. Uh, by all accounts, too, he was just an awesome human being. And uh, if it hadn't been for the donation of a secret benefactor, who later turned out to be Denzel Washington, by the way. I've heard of him as well. Yeah, right. <laughs> Another big time, big time actor. Uh, Chadwick might not have ever had an acting career in the first place. So yeah, Denzel's private donation essentially allowed a bunch of young African-American actors um, to, to get into the business that otherwise might have had to do something else. And here's part of what Chadwick said to Denzel when he was being honored for that Lifetime Achievement Award. He said, an offering from a sage and a king is more than silver and gold. It's a seed of hope, a bud of faith. There's no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. And not just because of me, but my cast, that whole generation stands on your shoulders. And we'll link to the, the full incredible speech um, in our show notes. But it's one of those things that you can't help but be moved by. And just to see that someone being willing to give uh, of their money, the impact that it can have on young lives, um, that's the kind of thing that, that we're hoping to achieve by giving our money away, right? To see uh, actual real meaningful change and, and progress uh, in the lives of, of people around us. Maybe even some people that we don't even know. Yeah, that's super cool, man. And an awesome reason to give, right? We can have an impact uh, that outlasts us by, you know, giving our money away. And not only, you know, does it put things in proper perspective in our own lives, but we're also able to see real change occur. Uh, and, and depending on what stage of life you're in, you know, you might have more time than money. And in this case, volunteering is the solution. You know, volunteering, it's a societal glue. It, it often brings us together with other people, many who don't look like us, to serve other people who might also, you know, not look like us as well. And so finding ways to be generous uh, you know, with our time and our money is important on many different levels. And so these are a few reasons, you know, that we're offering that you should consider giving your money away. And after the break, we're going to talk about uh, another reason to give your money away as well as how to go about it. We'll get to that right after this break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. 
And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Joel, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000. 25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry, Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. 
Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, Matt, we're back from the break. And obviously, we just covered some, some really important reasons to consider giving. But there are even more great reasons to consider giving some of your money away. And one of the first things I think people think about when they're determining how much money they're going to give is, well, what's the tax incentive? Is there any sort of tax break uh, for me if I'm giving money away? And so, yeah, let's talk about that. That's uh, an important aspect to cover too. It's important to note that most people won't reduce their tax liability by giving money away. Uh, In fact, the way things are currently constructed, roughly 90% of people are not going to get a deduction for giving to nonprofit organizations. And and this kind of comes down to uh, the, the new tax law that was passed just a few years back and whether or not you take this standard deduction or you itemize your deductions. So for 2020, the standard deduction is $12,400 for single taxpayers and $24,800 for married people filing jointly. And most people in this country, uh, including most people in the middle class, they just don't have enough deductions to exceed the standard deduction. And so when you are giving money away, it's not actually going to reduce your tax liability by doing so. Obviously, (laughs) you know, we just talked about how there's a lot of reasons to give your money away and tax liability is not even in the the top three for me, but it is important to to mention because obviously that's a question that pops up when we're talking about giving uh, and the impact that it's going to have on your personal finances. Yeah, it's important, but yeah, most people won't realize that unless they are going to up their their giving significantly. <laughs> most right, or, or in case they have other, you know, state and local taxes that that also increase that deduction amount. I mean, there's all sorts of things that can impact that, and giving is just one of them. But most people just don't reach that level. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, one change that was made this year uh, because of the CARES Act does affect how we are able to deduct some of uh, the the charitable contributions that we make. You know, no matter whether you itemize or take the standard deduction, you can deduct at least three hundred dollars <laughs> in cash gifts to charitable organizations. And so to qualify for this, you have to give the money directly to a 501c3 public charity. Yeah. And the reason that they put that in the CARES Act was specifically because of the pandemic. There was the there was a realization that charities were going to be hurting this year. And so maybe that was a little extra incentive for people to be able to give at least $300 and be able to get that tax deduction. So yeah, the CARES Act changed that. And now you can give $300 that qualifies for that deduction, even if you're taking the standard deduction, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and so because the standard deduction has been, you know, a lot higher since the the tax cuts and jobs act from a couple of years ago, lumping your giving can be a really beneficial strategy. You know, you you definitely want to make sure that you give that $300 this year if you're considering it uh, and getting credit for that. But any amount you want to give above and beyond, consider waiting until January to give. The more that you are able to give in a single year, that's going to raise the likelihood of you being able to itemize and get above that standard deduction amounts, and therefore getting a tax benefit for those donations. And you can get as intense as you want to about planning your giving in order to maximize the tax benefits. If you're a serious giver, then it's definitely something that you are aware of because you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of you know the law as it's written. And so it's important to plan for that. But just again, remember that this is kind of one of those benefits, one of those reasons to consider giving. It's certainly not the primary reason. Yeah, I remember when that 
tax law initially changed, Matt, I front loaded some giving <laughs> that December in order to take advantage of, of the lumping, right? And the lumping or the clumping, right? <laughs> Whichever you prefer. <laughs> exactly. I, I think <laughs> lumping is like a cleaner word, cleaner sounding. Clumping is really? lumping to me sounds like pancakes that haven't been like stirred enough. You ah, know, there's yeah. like there's like lumps versus clump. I don't know. I guess both sound kind of yeah, dirty. Kind of gross words. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, planning out your giving and you know the lumping strategy can have a tax benefit for you if you do it correctly. Uh, also, Matt, let's talk about how to vet charities because that's another thing that comes up when we're talking about giving our money away. Of course, you and I, we want our money to go far. We want it to be used well at whatever organization that, that we're giving those funds to. And so let's talk about a couple of ways to do that. Give.org. Charity Navigator and Charity Watch are all just awesome sites for digging up specific information on a charity that you're considering donating to. There's also another website called greatnonprofits.org, and it's a crowdsourced review site for charities. So if you're wondering which charities are do excellent work and spend money well, um, then I would suggest checking out those sites and doing some digging. The reason for doing this digging is mostly to make sure that this nonprofit is being transparent with their finances and to see how they spend the money they bring in. Matt, I specifically really like the Charity Watch uh, top-rated charity section. It's a it's a great spot on their page, complete with ratings and analysis of the charities. And it's particularly great for looking into larger charities. Our family actually recently at the dinner table, we've been talking about wanting to find ways to give money to help children in need. And that section on Charity Watch actually helped us find this awesome charity called Unbound. And they get an A-plus rating, which means that they're incredibly efficient with their money. Most of your donations go directly to people in need. And it's an organization with the exact mission we wanted to be a part of. Yeah, you can't be A plus unless there's A plus plus. No, no, just <laughs> I think A, a plus is sometimes the exists in certain organizations. I guess you were talking about like insurance or something like that. <laughs> right, A plus, top notch, top notch. And yeah, for for us, that was just helpful to be able to see exactly where the money's going and how they are handling the donations they bring in. And it gave us a lot of confidence to go ahead and and sign up and start to give our money um, to that organization. Yeah, another charity that gets uh, rave reviews from some of these different sites that has a really cool mission is Give Directly. According to ProPublica, Give Directly sends donor money straight to the poorest families in Uganda and Kenya through mobile banking. The mobile route ensures that the entire sum reaches the target family and is even safer than in-kind donations, which can be siphoned off to the black market. Man, that's super cool. And there's been some pretty awesome research on what these direct cash payments to families in poverty are actually able to achieve as well. Food security, uh, dietary diversity, psychological well-being, all these things go up. Domestic violence goes down and it you know, led to decreased debt loads and greater incomes as well. This is certainly a great option if you're not totally sure where you want to turn. Uh, but this is one of many amazing charities and nonprofits that you can look up and research on any of these uh, those three sites that Joel mentioned. Yeah. And one other just great way, obviously, to vet a charity is to give to a charity and to serve alongside a charity close by where you live. Um, it, it's it's just so empowering to be a part of the progress and the change in an organization that's doing work locally in your neighborhood or in your community. And then being an active participant of that nonprofit 
by volunteering your time, it's a great way to, to vet specific charities in person. You don't necessarily need an A-plus next to the name <laughs> to be able to see and engage with the work that's being done. Yeah, it's a way to see if a local organization that is in your neighborhood, literally in your neighborhood, uh, if they're doing you know good things with their money. Because some of those smaller organizations, you may not find on a website like, you know, like the ones that we mentioned. But like you said, yeah, being there in person is a great way to kind of get some of that firsthand experience and to actually see it with your own eyes. Yeah, yeah. And like, for instance, there's one in our neighborhood called Neighbor in Need. And the money they raise goes to help older homeowners who don't have the money to fix things up on their homes. Like if there's a leak in their roof or a faulty water heater or an HVAC that goes bad and they're going to be just insanely cold during the winter. I'm not sure what their rating is, but I can see firsthand where the dollars are going. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so um, that is encouraging to see. And it makes me more excited to, to give my money to that organization. So yeah, uh, definitely looking them up on, on the, the bigger websites like that and vetting them or giving and being involved in a charity near where you live, we think are, are two great ways to go to make sure your time and your money is going towards charities that are deserving of it. All right, Matt, let's get to some more important information on giving, including how to plan it out and what it looks like in your budget. And we'll get to that stuff right after this break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid Kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid Kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. 
It's blended with real fruit juice and it's super thirst quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon I'll have some. It's super easy and it's affordable too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, we're back. Let's talk about some of these practical steps on how to go about giving your money away. And first, man, let's, let's talk about planning out your giving. You know, we, we already talked about lumping as a kind of a creative strategy, uh, but it's worth considering what is the mission behind your donations. A Fidelity survey found that 53% of respondents said that they were bombarded with charity requests for how to donate their resources. In addition, 45% felt burdened by requests from friends and family members who expected donations to a cause close to their heart. So, you know, with the overwhelming requests for money out there, uh, it's important to know your own goal with your giving. And even writing out a mission statement for the money you give away, that can help you to kind of focus where you give. It, it, it makes it a whole lot easier to say no to, you know, a quick ask for money, you know, at the grocery store, checkout line, you know, from the cashier. But that being said, you know, giving small amounts here and there is okay. But I think it is good to have an overarching mission, just like you said, like you and Emily, like you are, you know, sitting at the table at dinner talking about where you want your money to go. That's sort of like a, an informal mission statement that you guys created there. You're talking about like how how is it that we can help kids, and knowing that led you to to be able to find Unbound. And so I think that's that's a great practical step that all of us can can kind of take. You know, like where's our heart? Like what is it that you know makes us ache when, when we know that there's a need out there? And that should point us in the direction of where to actually give. Yeah, and I got to say, I kind of feel terrible every time I say no in the checkout aisle, but that's the reason I'm able to say no and not feel too bad is because there's a specific purpose around why and where I'm giving my money. Right. And so, yeah, th- there is that element to where I think sometimes people just say, sure, put me down for five, even though they might not be sure where that money's going. It's kind of the guilt factor. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I think it is better. You can overcome that guilt factor by having something like a mission statement, by planning out your giving in advance. Right. But at the same time, I feel that you can have both. You know, like I think you can kind of go at it very organized and very kind of top down, kind of maybe a more heady approach. But at the same time, you know, to maybe even kind of supplement that if you want to do kind of like, I mean, the last time I was at the grocery store, it wasn't at Aldi, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> since our since our store was, was being renovated. But they asked if I wanted to round up. And so just like with Acorns or some of the, some of the other roundup apps that help us to invest our money for ourselves, uh, they were implementing that to, to round up and, and they were taking that money to donate it. I think that can be an effective way for organizations to, to get 
get funding, you know, without it having much of an impact at all on my grocery budget, right? You yeah. know, just rounding up, you know, to the nearest dollar. I'm not going to feel that in my, in my monthly budget. Uh, but, you know, as hundreds and thousands and, you know, maybe even millions of people do that, that can have a, a serious impact on the ability of, a, of an organization to do good. Yeah. But, but ultimately, no matter what, however you decide to give your money away and whichever organizations you decide that you're going to prioritize with the, the money that you are giving away, it's important to make it a line item in your budget, right? Just, just like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? You've got to have it in there, just like everything else you spend money on. Make sure the amount that you intend to give away is solidly in your budget uh, because that way you won't run out of funds or accidentally avoid something that you've made a deliberate choice to do. I think sometimes that's the other uh, role it plays in our budget is actually helping us with the follow through of something we we have determined that it, that it is a priority in our lives. Having it listed in your Excel spreadsheet or your YNAB category, you know, however it is that you keep a handle on your budget, is important to making sure you have the money and can make it happen. Having a plan to give that money away makes it more fun. I think it removes a lot of stress at the same time. Yeah, just like you need to make sure that you're saving up for a vacation, right? Or like your new phone, <laughs> something like that. Uh, when you're able to save up ahead of time and know that you're able to pay for that in cash, it removes the stress of purchasing that phone, right? Like you, like you, you weren't worried about buying that phone because you know that like, okay, I've had this phone for however many years. I've been setting money aside. This goes into the, you know, however you do it, but like your Joel account. And just like with vacation, you're able to actually enjoy that vacation instead of feeling stressed or, you know realizing that there's going to be this impending sense of doom and guilt <laughs> once you come back from that trip. Right. Same thing with giving. I think when you're able to prioritize it, get it on your budget and have a plan with your money, uh, it's so important to do that, man. And you know, I wanted to say something too about uh, like planning things. I think sometimes folks might think that, oh, that feels too structured and too stiff to, to say that like, okay, every single month I'm going to give away you know, $100 or $500 or however much you decide. I think for some folks, they, they like to give more like in the moment. It's really, it is hard to kind of plan for some of those more kind of spontaneous moments. But to that, I would tell that person, well, budget for that. You know, like if you want to be able to have some flexibility in your day to day, we'll have like a spontaneous giving category where you set aside, I don't know, like a hundred bucks or something to where you have the freedom and the flexibility but also the funds, you know, you also have the money to be able to make those purchases. And I, I say this specifically because Kate, she requested this a couple of years ago. She wanted to have some flexibility so that if she was, say, like out to dinner with a friend or if it was somebody's birthday, she could, you know, pick up, a, you know, cover their drink or like pick up a little gift uh, and not feel like it was coming out of her own category, like, you know, her Kate category or that it was coming out of like our eating out budget, that kind of thing. And so, you know, again, I mentioned that because I think some a lot of folks might feel that, well, that doesn't sound very fun, but there's ways to have fun, but you just have to plan to have that fun. Uh, you can plan for that spon that spontaneity. The plan spontaneity. <laughs> oh, the joy of it. And the thing is, here, here's the thing. If you've got that set aside and if you don't spend it, well, you can carry that over to the next month, you know? And if you continue to do that, well, maybe you just need to reduce that a little bit. Or maybe you're just being too cheap and, and you should really challenge yourself to, to do something, you know, maybe even bigger with that money. Yeah. No, I like that. I think, yeah, sometimes we have a hard time finding places in the budget for spontaneous events. And I, I like planning for that spontaneity, yeah. especially if you're into it. Well, I mean, yeah, it, like it makes me think of like going on dates, you know, like with our wives, like we put them on the calendar because it's difficult to make them happen sometimes. Like they are a priority, but it doesn't mean that like I have to schedule when I'm going to like love and care for my wife. <laughs> it just means that this is a priority and I'm going to get just get it down on paper so that I actually do it. And so, you know, to what you're saying earlier about 
getting it on the budget. It just helps us to, to make sure that we actually follow through with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and one other way that we can make sure we follow through without too much legwork on our part, which goes along with the planning aspect, is is automating the giving that we are attempting to do. Uh, there's a, a greater likelihood that we're going to follow through if we automate those gifts. At the same time, I, I feel like for a lot of people, you're talking about the spontaneity. Part of the reason for wanting to do that is is because you feel like if your heartstrings get tugged in the moment, you can give your money right then and there. And it feels like automating is removing some of the heart from right. the giving. And, and I understand that. But at the same time, if uh, not automating means you're going to forget to give, well, then I would rather give in an automated way. And this can be helpful for charities too, to know how much is coming in and to have it coming in on a regular day of the month if you choose to give monthly. Um, for some areas, we choose to give lump sum donations in the last month or two of the year. But then there are other charities that we support and we do it on a monthly basis. I mean, I think it's really up to you. Either way, it takes intentionality, but I think automating just increases the chance of follow through and ensures that the charities that you love and want to support are going to actually get the funds that you want directed towards them. Yeah, one more practical step I wanted to, to mention as well, man, is as folks are deciding, you know, maybe how much money that they should give, uh, I think I would recommend for folks to look at a percentage of their income instead of just picking maybe a kind of random dollar amount. Uh, I think this ensures that, well, first of all, like it really helps out if you have a fluctuating income, right? And so if you don't have an income that's solid every two weeks or every month, having a percentage that you basically rely on, it takes out that mental workout that's required, you know, when you're like, okay, how much should we, you know, set aside this month? Well, there's no question. There's a, there's a percentage. Also, if you find your income going up over the years, I think having a percentage is helpful in that way as well. I think, you know, you might get a $10,000 raise, but then you think, oh, like, like what is it feels differently i think to to then say okay well i'm going to choose to then up my you know my giving by a certain number of hundred hundreds of dollars cuz you might think well do they need hundreds more every single month? But like, it doesn't really matter uh, if you've kind of decided on a, a on a specific percentage. You know, I think that's one of the ways where billionaires will get criticized for just giving like a small portion of their wealth away. And certainly, there are some very wealthy, rich people who are giving away a large percentage of their money. Yeah, many of whom have pledged to give away their entire fortunes when they it's, die. Yeah, exactly. But I think like how much more impactful, uh, how much more of a difference would it make for those organizations if it was actually tied to a percentage of their income. And so I don't know if that's like a steadfast rule, but I feel like that's something that folks can implement to remove some of those questions. You know, like this isn't necessarily a discussion to, to come back to on a regular basis. It's something that you decide on and then, you know, you execute. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. It's it's just easier to stick to than a dollar amount, which is is always shifting depending on our income and expenses, right? right. Uh, and, and if you're prioritizing it as a percentage of the amount that you bring in that year, um, that's just a good way to look at it. And it shifts well as we shift. And let's talk too about, is there a best way for us to give? And I think first too, it's important to, to mention, in particular for people who don't have a lot of money, some of our listeners who are in a good bit of debt still, whether it's student loan debt, credit card debt, they're listening to this show to dig themselves out uh, of that sticky financial situation. And they say, right now, I'm just, I got to be prioritized on debt payoff. I totally understand that. But maybe you have um, some worthwhile items or some extra time that you can give to charity. Giving items that you have directly to an organization like Goodwill or selling them on eBay and using that money to give uh, are great ways to, to be a giver, even when you feel like you don't have much money. Or, of course, giving your time. We talked about that 
earlier, um, just volunteering at your local charity, putting your skills, your ability to use to help other people. There are also ways to give where you don't need a charity at all. You could keep packages with food and toiletries in your car for homeless folks in need. I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can meet the needs around you. And it doesn't necessarily take a lot of money. And it doesn't even necessarily take joining up with a not-for-profit organization. You can meet some of the needs that are in your neighborhood (laughs) that are popping up around you yourself um, just by being a little more intentional. And so, yeah, I think um, it's important to note that to be a giver doesn't mean you necessarily have to have lots of cash and just a giant line item in your budget to, to give that money away. You can do that good work in really small ways that maybe a lot of other people don't notice, but the people that you're helping definitely will. Yeah, we're talking about vetting charities earlier. When you're able to meet a need directly like that, there is certainly zero waste <laughs> in between you know that donation and that person receiving it. In particular, you know when it comes to food, we don't keep care packages necessarily in our car, but like we do always keep a glove box full of granola bars in the car, and then also we keep some in the uh, bike bag as well. Because you know when you do come across somebody like that, is a way you can you know, be a little more spontaneous that you can meet a need in particular when there's someone right there in front of you who's hungry. And when it comes to to your money, you can kind of do that as well, right? Donate directly to that organization. Your dollar is going to go further that way. uh, And you, you also are going to be sure to avoid any scams that are out there. Um, You can also ask the charity if they prefer a check in, in order to cut down on some of their processing expenses. I know most of us have online checking accounts these days, but a lot of them also offer free checks. <laughs> so go online and you can have those mailed to you, even though you probably are like, I cannot remember the last time I actually wrote a physical check. <laughs> and, and beyond that too, if you're a higher wage earner, then consider donor advised funds. In particular, if you itemize deductions, a donor advised fund can be a great method for giving money away by allowing you to, to really lump your giving. You know, we were talking about the, the tax benefits earlier. This would allow you to get that deduction uh, as soon as the funds are contributed to the donor advised fund. And if it's funded with securities like stocks instead of uh, cash, you're able to then avoid capital gains tax as well. So it's a double win from a tax perspective. Again, this is certainly something that not many of us are, are, are needing to consider. But again, like if you are on the path to really upping the amount of money that you're giving away, then donor advised funds, uh, they, they might be in your future. All right, Matt, can you say donor advised funds three times fast? You, you heard me stumbling a little bit. <laughs> donor advised fund. I was trying to be super careful. Uh, and That's a tough one. Sometimes too, I end up talking too fast and all, <laughs> you all slow my it down. words run together. And so I need to slow it down and I can speak a little more clearly right, that we can, way. We can call them DAFs in the future if you want. Is that a thing? No, I don't know. I don't think but so. We can make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's acronyms for too many things in the financial world. And I'm not on a mission to to add to it necessarily. Yeah, create more <laughs> jargon. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of anti-jargon actually. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the donor advice fund can be great for, for some people. Uh, it's worth looking into. So I feel like, you know, ultimately this episode, what we want to do is to help you understand not only how to give effectively, but why it's so important. Giving our money away is going to make us more healthy as individuals while leading to greater health overall as a community too. And research even shows that giving our money away is going to have a positive impact on our own personal happiness levels. So I feel like giving is a win-win-win, especially if you get that tax benefit (laughs) thrown in at the same time. Um, (laughs) Win-win-win! It's like, it's triple win, man. It's like, like the HS a triple tax advantage. Uh, Speaking of acronyms. Right, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Giving away your money has just all these bonus side effects um, in your community, in your household, 
for your own approach to personal finance, um, cutting the tie just a little bit to where you're not holding it too closely because money is a great thing. It's a great tool to be able to use for your future and save for your retirement, giving you freedom to pursue the things you want to pursue. But at the same time, giving of our money, giving our money away, it's putting a realization into practice. And that realization is is that we have so much and there are a lot of others that, that don't have. So we think, yeah, on all those levels, prioritizing some amount of giving in your personal finances is a healthy way to go. Yeah, we want to be wise and thoughtful with our money, right? But we also don't want the love of our money to define who we are. That's not what we're all about here on the show. And so it's good to kind of take an episode where we do the opposite of what we talk about most of the time, <laughs> which is giving giving your money away. All right, well, let's take it back to the beer man. This episode, you and I, we shared a party cup, which is a mosaic lager by North Park Beer Company. And this is sent to us by your buddy, Craig. I don't think I know Craig. Do I know him? I don't think I've met him before. <laughs> no, I don't think you ever met him, no. Um, but Craig, one day you and I will meet, man. But we <laughs> appreciate this beer. This is a really good one, Joel. What were your thoughts on it? All right, so it was light. It was clean. It was hoppy. I kind of enjoyed how refreshing it was. It was easy to drink, but at the same time, full of flavor. So yeah, man, I, I thought this beer was, was really, really good. Yeah, man, this one actually almost reminded me of some of those fresh hop pale ales that, you know, where the breweries are taking the hops and they've never been frozen. You know, it's like Wendy's, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> hops straight from the vine. But it, it tastes like one of those beers, where, you know, where, where basically you have like a drink by date because uh, they want to make sure that you're enjoying it, you know, as fresh as possible. But to me, it almost had, you know, that quality where it was almost tingly. Um, it was really tasty. I was surprised to see that this is a lager. You normally don't get that kind of flavor out of a lager. But it, like you said, super clean, super light. Uh, but at the same time, I've never had a lager that had this much hot presence in it. If this is how all lagers tasted, I would drink lagers all the time. <laughs> but that's definitely not the case. It's kind of rare to have hops, I guess, uh, that you can taste in a lager. But I really, really enjoyed this one, man. Yeah, and, super uh, hop forward for sure. Yeah. And plus it had a cute little uh, red solo cup on the front of it. A little know? smiley face. Like, a, you know, the kind of red cup that you'd have at a, at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Playing beer pong. Which is why it's called Party Cup. But uh, but yeah, this is by no means the, the kind of beer that you would expect at one of those parties. I really enjoyed it. Glad you and I got to, to share this one on the show, buddy. No doubt, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks that want show notes for this episode, including links to some of those places where you can vet a charity, well, we'll have those in our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. And listeners who have left us a review over at Apple Podcasts, we thank you. But if that's not you, if you are listening and you, and you haven't left us a review yet, we would be incredibly appreciative if you were to head over and do that. It helps us to grow the show and helps us to get the word out, uh, the good personal finance word. And so uh, join us in that mission. <laughs> Joel, that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Oh, 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.